Now you might be asking, why did he only use one flag? I know that's probably hitting the internet right now. They're all sending in text. He only has one flag. He don't, what's going on? Is this a new thing? Well, he works, doesn't he? And he had a little boo-boo. He, he cut two of his fingers yesterday. So that's what the little things are for to protect it. So he did not want to hurt his hand. So that's why he did one. He will be back full force. <laughs> worshiping with the flag. So do not worry. So we always have to make sure we're okay. Amen? Well, this week's Torah portion, I think it's very appropriate. It talks about the spies, right? And it talks about how they were commissioned to go and scout out the land. And here's where the flesh gets in the way. Did God not promise that land to us? Did he not say it would be flowing with milk and honey? Yeah. But what happened when they went out and looked at the land? The scripture tells us they said it was a land flowing of milk and honey, right? In fact, they brought back the grapes. It took two of them to carry just one big vine. That's pretty impressive. But we also know there were some big guys there, weren't there? We also know from the scripture that it was well fortified. And that the city that we were about to be given was a pretty nice place, wasn't it? But see, ten of the spies had an issue, didn't they? They let the flesh get in the way. Because they saw these big men, right? And said, we're short Jewish guys, we can't take them. Let's just face it, you don't see a lot of tall Jewish guys, right? Okay, my brother, he's an exception. We don't know, we think he's adopted. <laughs> he is an oddity in the family. <laughs> right? Very few, right? But here's the thing we missed. First of all, before we get into all that, we got to look at the two. The two that stood up and said, we can do it. So what do we know about Caleb and Joshua? Throw out some things you know about them. Joshua was the son of none. Okay, what did that mean? House, he was a what? <laughs> he was an assistant rabbi. There you go. <laughs> he was, hold on, so let's, let's go... Let's go first here. He was from Ephraim, right? Think, I really didn't think about this until today. Well, not today, since I started, when I was rereading this. So what do we know about the tribe of Ephraim? What are some things we know? Joseph's sons, right? So, but what do we know about Joseph's sons? Who did, who was Joseph, keep going. They were born in Egypt to an Egyptian mom. 
which makes them half Gentile, half Jewish, right? They're mixed. Mother's Gentile. And, well, that's according to the rabbis. The rabbis are wrong. <laughs> so, remember, the scripture doesn't tell because they considered them Jewish, right? So the, the rabbis try to pull it has to be the mother. That doesn't work, and this is one of the reasons why. So, but that means that, they, that, that these people were Jew and Gentile, right? And they came together with one child, right? And that tribe is a mixture of Jewish and Gentile. Very interesting. Now, let's look at Joshua. What do we know about Joshua? What, we know he's the son of Nun, right? What else do we know about him? What tribe is he from? Judah? No. What? Caleb is Judah. What did I say, Joseph? I'm sorry. What do we know about Caleb now? So we have Joseph, right? We just determined he is a mixed breed, half Jewish, half Gentile, right? Now let's look at Caleb from the tribe of Judah. His father is, what's his name? So this week's tour portion, you should know it. Jeho. Jehoshaphat, right? And he is a? He's a Canaanite. A, a, a Canaanite, right? Canaanite. That makes him a Gentile. So the others were all just the Jewish guys, right? We were the ones who had the problem. But it was the two that came from a different perspective that were able to look at the situation and say, God's in control, we can handle this. Think about that. See, that's the mind. We, sometimes when we look at one group, we have to say, what's going on there, right? So God brought this unique group, two men, into this picture to change the world. It's an interesting understanding of what goes on. Here's something even more interesting. Where was Caleb's father from? Where did that tribe reside? Close? What, what's the area called? What, what was it called then? Canaan. Where were they going to take? Canaan. So not only, <laughs> this was going back to his homeland, Caleb. Right? Going back to where his ancestors were from. And God saying, go and take it. And his response to the people of Israel was what? We can take it. If God is with us, who can be against us, Right? I don't care how tall they are. I don't care how big they are. God has said it's going to happen. So you can give the Lord a hand. So we have to understand what God was really trying to show us here. 
What he was trying to show us is that when we look at situations, even at bad situations, if we already know that God is in charge and he's giving it to us, why are we worried? Why are we concerned about what, how big that, you know, you brought up, a, uh, Gary brought up a point about uh, David and Goliath, right? Think about David, okay? Goliath was this big guy, right? Tall, no one could beat him. He laughed at people, and here comes this kid in borrowed clothes that didn't fit him. You know, you can imagine the things were, all, you know, and he comes with how many rocks? Five rocks. You ever wonder why five rocks? So, so some people say you need to do multiple shots at them, right? See, that's ten of the spies thinking. That's what ten of the spies would have thought, right? That he's going to do multiple shots at him if he misses him, right? He's a big guy, but no. You know why David brought five stones? Because Goliath had four other brothers. See, he wasn't afraid because he knew God was in control. We see a lot of weird stuff going on in our world today, don't we? Things that don't make sense, especially this group. It does not make sense what's going on. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the world going, man, just come to our service. You'll get along just fine. Right? We need to take that positive response. We need to look at the situation and say, God is in control. And you know what? He's going to get this done for us. We need to trust in him and not be afraid. See, that's what makes us different. We can't be the 10 that look at a situation and say, oh, can't do it. I, want, you know, I like to be the, you know, the one that goes out and says, we can do it because God's already said we can do it. Let's not be afraid. Let's not worry what man thinks. Let's do what God says. You know, it's funny. When I started doing my hobby of flipping houses, People, you know, I, I, had, I set a goal. I wanted to do 50 houses in a year. It wasn't my first goal. My first goal is I just wanted to do, eventually, over a couple of years, do it where I have one a month. But then I saw, after I started doing it, I said, you know what, I want to do 50. I didn't realize that doing 50, you're like big time doing it. And people ask me, why did you, how did you, and I, we've done it. And they say, how did you do it? I said, no one told me I could. There's the reality. Don't look at something. When you have an option, don't worry about what God is doing. Right? When God is in control of a situation, he will take care of it. We just have to say, Lord, you told me to do it, I'm doing it. I don't care how big the guys are. You know, when we've done mission trips, 
We've gone in and seen what, how God moves. I know when we do our mission trips, we have plan A, B, C, and D. And you know what usually happens? E, F, or G. Because we can't go in with a mindset of, this is what we want to do. It's, what does God want us to do? What does God want in the situation? God got angry at the people. Why? Because they didn't trust him. We need to trust the Lord. You know, our, our money says, in God we trust. Right? I once went into a, a store and it, said, it had that on the wall. In God we trust, all others pay cash. <laughs> and that was an interesting point. Right? We need to trust the Lord. And when we trust him, guess what? He's gonna, did he not do what he said he was going to do? Did he not give us that land? Why, did our pe why were our people stiff-necked? Because we weren't listening to the mixed multitude among us and to the Gentiles. Think about it. These two were brought in front of them. They were not afraid. Because they already seen what God had done in their life. We need to be able to stand strong. You know, it's interesting. Even in today's society, when you look at, at Israel... When things start getting tough in Israel, guess what? It's not the Jewish community that continues to go and visit. It's the Messianic and the church. And you know what? The Israeli government sees that and knows it. It's that same type idea. We need to see the vision because we know that God is in control and we can't be afraid. Our world is topsy-turvy right now. Some people ask, are we in the end days? If these are the birthing pains, ladies and gentlemen, we're in trouble. And we're not doing too well, are we? You know, we need to come together, not be pulled apart. The devil wins when we're not talking to each other. And we're not sitting next to each other. We need to bring it together. You know, this has taught us a lot of things in this world and what's to come. And it's a scary time we're living in. A lot of us don't understand it. You know why? Because it's not in our heart to hate. It's not in our heart to look at people differently. So we don't see what others are seeing. Because we can come together and love one another. And that's what, make, that's what God wants. Guess what the devil wants? He wants people fighting each other. He wants people not getting along, not worshiping the Lord. It's time to take back the land. It's time... We've sent the spies out. And the report is they're rioting in the streets. They're protesting. 
There's illness throughout the land. So my question to you is, God promised it to you. Are you taking it? Do you worry about what man is doing, or are we going to go do what God has called us to do? See, when we can come up and stand on his word, guess what? In his word, there is no freer slave. There is no male or female. We are all one in him. That's what he's calling us to do. This land is ours to take back. We need to take it back. We need to not be afraid because God has already said this is his land. And when we stand up, that's what makes us strong. Just think, what if? Gary had brought up the point that when spies go out, they go and they talk to their commander. And the commander then figures out what needs to be done so that they can take the land, right? This was done a little different. Everyone heard that they were big. These are the same people that went through the plagues, who went through the Red Sea, right? They saw and the move of God like none of us ever have. And yet, their faith still wasn't there. I know people say, oh, I need to see a sign. God can show you signs left and right. But unless you believe in it, it doesn't matter. You can see them, what God's doing, but if you don't give God the credit and then realize that what God says is what he does, then there's an issue. But what if those 12 spies had come back and they stood up and said, guys, these guys are big. The walls are fortified. They, they look at the fruit, the size of those grapes. Unbelievable. Can you imagine how it's going to be like when it's ours? Because God has already promised to us, so let's go take it. Right? See, that would have been the right mindset. A whole generation would have been able to go in. And would have been able to live in the land that God had promised them. But instead, a whole 40 years they had to spend in the wilderness. One for each day that the spies were there. The scripture tells us that the plague went through the land, right? Through the tribes. We shouldn't be surprised that there are plagues. We've been having them all our lives, right? This plague killed the ten spies, didn't it? But Joshua and Caleb survived. And that generation had to pass away. But guess what? That next generation, did they not learn from the mistakes? We're going to learn that down the road, aren't we? But they're going to enter into the promised land in a different mentality because they realized God had promised it to them. That's what we need to take. When we look at a situation, don't look at the negative. 
Look at the positive. We all go through hard times in our lives. It's harder when we look at it from a negative point of view. But when you can look at a situation and say, okay, Lord, you're in control. I'm following you. It's going to be hard for me. But you know what? I'm going to be a better person on the other end. Because you're bringing to me where you want me to be. You're changing my life for the better. Sometimes we need to grow during those times, don't we? We need to get ready to learn and understand. That makes us a stronger person. So when you send out your spies to spy out the situation that you're looking at, and even if they come back and, they, and you know that God is telling you to do this, right? And they tell you exactly how God told you it was going to be. But they tell it to you in a negative point of view. What do you need to do? Not listen to them. Right? Go with those spies that say, yeah, they're big. Yeah, the land is well fortified. The soil is great for, for harvesting. We're going to love this place. It's going to be everything that God promised. There's a couple people we've got to kick out. But God is with us. God had already showed them what they could do. And here's the other thing we learned from this week's scripture. You can't do anything without God, can you? If God is not in it, guess what? You're in trouble. If he doesn't, tell, if he doesn't go before you, then you don't go. Because you can't beat the devil on your own. He knows the word of God better than you do. He was part of it. He's had to deal with it. He hates the book, right? But he knows it. He knows he's going to lose in the end. He's just trying to figure out how he can change the book. You know how he does it? He gets people fighting against one another. Scripture tells us to love our enemy. That's how we get our enemy to change. We need to show love. That's what changes the world. Yeah, are there stupid people in the world? Yes, there are. Are there always going to be stupid people in the world? Yes, there will be. But the majority doesn't have to be ruled by the minority. We can all live together. We can all get through this together. That's what makes the difference. It's how you look at the situation. A lot of people are looking at what's going on and looking at all the, the bad. Let's look at what the good comes from it. Remember the Holocaust? Six million Jewish people died. Another six million non-Jewish people died too. But what came out of that horrible situation? The land of Israel was born. So even what man tries for bad, God will turn to good. And that's what we need to see that's going on right now. God will turn this to good. We will see changes in our world for the better. But we have to do it in love.
And we have to let God be in charge. That's what makes the difference. That's what we get from this week's scripture. He chose these men to spy out the land. And two of them had the right answer. Sometimes the minority is right, isn't it? Sometimes it's better to go with the ones who are truly listening than those who just look at a situation and say, we can't do it. How many times in the workplace or on the battlefield, if someone, could you imagine someone said, we can't take it? How about the battles that you know you're going to lose? Remember the Alamo. Right. Those are the battles that changed history. We can make a difference if we listen to the two, not to the others. So I want to encourage you. Look at situations like Joshua and Caleb does. If you know in your heart what God is telling you, then believe in it. Trust the Lord. That's what got God angry. He was so angry, he was ready to wipe everyone out and start over again. Fortunately, Moses looked at him and said, you know, the, the Egyptians would kind of make you fun of you. Think about it. That's kind of what he said, didn't he? He said, if you did that, you know, Lord, you can do that. But, you know, you did this whole thing. It's not kind of, you know, muting your point. Be glad Moses was a good negotiator. And he reminded God that you're slow to anger and quickly to forgive. Because I have to admit, if I was God, I probably would have wiped them all out too. Because I kind of understand his point, don't you? You did all these things for him, I promise you this land, and you're worried about a couple of big guys out there? Don't you remember little David? I can imagine him walking. He, his, his armor is all clinging because it doesn't fit properly. Could you imagine the big guy out there going, that's the best, we're, we're, this is it? <laughs> Come on. Could you imagine when he started seeing David with a sling? He had this big spear, the side, David, like the whole side of David, right? He started swinging it around. Goliath sitting there, just, you know he was laughing. Okay, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but you know he was laughing inside, right? But he was like the ten. He didn't realize that God was with David. And then David lets it go. And if it was in today's movies, you would see it slowly motion going through the air, right? <laughs> I can imagine, you know, they always say that when you see like a shot that is slow mo. He had to see this thing coming. And then all of a sudden, pop! 
and you saw the guy just fall back. In slow motion, that's right. With the arms going, right? The mouth open. That's right. Music in the background. But it changed history, didn't it? Once they saw David do that, no one else went up against him, did it? It wasn't because David was such a good fighter. Come on, he couldn't even fit in the, 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 the outfit. Is they realized that God was with them. And when God is with you, no one can be against you. That's what makes the difference. That's what we see happening in our lives. So don't be afraid about what you're seeing on TV, but trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and know that God is in control. That evil will be revealed and the truth will come out. And that's what we need to see. And we need to see it in our own lives too. We go through trials and tribulations. But we know that if God is, is bringing us through this, that we will get through it, won't we? And that's what we need to focus on. So be the two, not the ten. I need to make a sure. Be the two, not the ten. Look at life with the right viewpoint. Like I said, people come up to me and say, how did you do it? No one told me I couldn't. I didn't think it was any big deal. You know, and I give God the glory on all the deals. That's why he brought us that business. We've been able to bless people with it, bless ministries. And that's what it's about. Because we never lost focus on that God was in control. And that's what's so neat. Don't be afraid that, if, if, again, if someone had told me there's no way you could do that many, that's, you know, the big guys don't do that. God told me to. I can do it. So what is God telling you? Are you ready to trust him? Are you ready to trust him in those things that you're kind of questioning him about right now? Give it up. Don't worry about how big the obstacles that are in your way. He's giving you the promised land. He's already offered it to you. Don't make that mistake and say, no, Lord, I can't do it. But turn around and say, yes, I can. And when you get to that promised land, and you will get there, Boy, it's be flowing with milk and honey, better than you could ever imagine. Because God already gave it to you. I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. Abba Father, we just come before you right now. Lord, we've been battling you for too many years. Lord, we're ready to be like the two. 
Lord, we want to trust in you. We know what you've promised us. Lord, let us take it. Let us not worry about the obstacles that are in the way. You have already promised that you are going before us and taking care of it. Lord, we will do our part because you have made us that promise. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be your children. Lord, we just thank you for easing our minds and clearing us to understand that you are in control. Lord, we do trust in you. Lord, I ask for your touch right now. And Lord, we just ask right now with every eye closed and every head bowed. For those watching online, if you don't know Yeshua as your Messiah, and you're ready to say yes to him, all you need to do is a simple prayer. Wherever you are around the world, you can contact us, and we will pray with you that prayer of salvation. Our information is on the screen, but don't let this opportunity go by. Let David be that symbol for you that he can take the giants down. That is our God. He can take the obstacles out of the way. So trust in him and don't be afraid. Amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen.